We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Football Friday on the Fan. It's a man's game now. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. We have great expectations. The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Football Friday. Love Football Fridays. Coming up this hour, though, we will take a break from football and have a smidgen of basketball as well. Um... But we were talking about the 49ers Christian McCaffrey trade. And I, I had this thought as I was watching Thursday Night Football last night. And you just see kind of the the Cardinals are a, a mystery to me. They are three and four on the year. That's, that's a word to put. They, yes, because they are supposed to be all gas, no breaks. And they sure as heck were in that first half. But then you see kind of it's a little bit deeper than that when you have this screaming match between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, and you go, all right, this first-half team that's supposed to smoke teams early in the year and then fizzle out at the end, they're they're kind of fizzling out right now, and it feels like there's a lot of infighting going on. They got some injuries back, and DeAndre Hopkins is going to change that offense tremendously. Um, As you saw last night, he was... That guy was a man on fire last Oh, you mean night. he was the first ballot Hall of Famer back on the field? Yeah, 10 yeah. catches, 103 yards, uh, 14 targets. You saw the safety blanket was definitely back for Kyler Murray. I'm, but, I, I'm, 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 I'm going as far as to not call it a safety blanket. I'm calling it a binky. Yeah, okay, sure. We'll go with that. Because it, 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 it's Kyler Murray's binky. He needs it. Yeah. Um, little toddler. <laughs> um, but with the NFC West on its head and the Seahawks, they're 3-3 three and three right now. And I was watching that going, what are we going to think of what Pete Carroll and John Schneider have done with this rebuild? If they go down to L.A. and they beat the Chargers, who are 4-2, and two, and if you have watched L.A. since Justin Herbert cracked his ribs, they're a bit of a roller coaster offensively. He has throws where you go, whoa, that's it. That's, that's Justin Herbert. And then you go, oh, that's Justin Hoybert. And then you have, without Keenan Allen... And a and he even if you get a Keenan Allen, if he is limited because he is a Ferrari man, you get a little bit dust in in those mm-hmm. gears and it starts going, right? Which is fitting because it's always his hamstrings. They, they scraped by the Broncos at home. Mm-hmm. The Broncos, who are a broken mess, 
but a really good defense. It, there, it is not out of the question to think that Geno Smith and company go down to L.A. and they pull one off. Now, I don't expect it. But it's but not out of the question. What do we think of Pete Carroll and John Schneider and what they've done? Because they sold us all, and we all thought that they were Scott Fitterer, the oh, Carolina yeah. Panthers Selling GM. a bill of goods that wasn't there. And I said, well, they're probably like a five-win team-ish. It's not that bad. Not They're not going to beat the Bears or now Carolina. But I never thought they were going to be that terrible. But what if they end up going down to L.A. and they pull out a victory, what do we think of what they've done down there? I will, there. I will say this. If they go down there into L.A. and Herbert looks at least functional, but Seattle still wins, I will I will raise two eyebrows because they will go from a five- or six-win team to probably a seven- or eight-win team. Yeah. But also, I part of them is Pete's always positive. That's mm-hmm. that's who Pete is. Yes. They could have their, – their team could be absolute dog water. He is going to tell you they're going to surprise some people. We've got some guys we're really excited about in camp. That is Pete. That is his mantra. He is he is all uppity. Just that is what he is and what he does. However, however, part of me believes that he saw his two rookie offensive tackles and went, "These are dudes." He also saw his running back in his corner. Yep, and I was saying he saw Tariq Woolen back there and he went, "Well, we got this six foot four dude who ran a four two six forty. You know, he uh, has played." Over 200 snaps wow. and not allowed a touchdown. <laughs> Him and one other corner are the only DBs in the league that that has happened with. Whoa. And you look at with, you know, everything that's going on now, Tyler Lockett in his hamstring, that concerns the you-know-what out of me because he was held out of practice yesterday. Uh, but there is optimism that may, that may just be a rest situation. You have what's going on in, in L.A. with the Chargers, though, They've got a they've got a, a little bit of an issue because they paid JC Jackson eighty two and a half million dollars and he was hurt at the beginning of the year and he got benched last week. Uh-uh. And things are not well in that with that secondary that's supposed to be improved. If Lockett is hundred percent, DK Metcalf can go. Then you have you you can stretch a a confused defense at times mm-hmm. and you can put some strain on, on the Chargers there. Look, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the the Seahawks do go down there and they win and they do it on the backs of a ton of rookies who have stepped up in a huge way. You have the vets in Lockett and DK, which you knew that they were going to be asked to do a whole hell of a lot. But they've matched the lifting. And Geno Smith has been Mr. Risk Adverse mm-hmm. and consistent. Get it to my, my playmakers and kind of get out of the way. It's it's very interesting when you compare and contrast where the Cardinals are versus where the Seahawks are because the Cardinals are supposed to be good. The feel. It's it, yeah. It's again, I, I liken it to Thursday night for the for the, for the Trailblazers. The whole idea of that both teams, the Trailblazers and the Kings, were both at the same spot, but the way you viewed them because the Trailblazers have been consistently good. They got the marquee player. Yep. They're on the way down. The Kings are on their way up in the ascendancy, but they're kind of on the same line. You look at the Seahawks. They're supposed to be bottomed out and working towards getting up. The yeah. Cardinals are supposed to be up higher. They shouldn't be on the same level. So you look at a game like last night for the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray's got his binky back in, in DeAndre Hopkins, but he's still half his yardage went to Hopkins. Yes. And you look at the game, they score 42 points. Well, they only got 204 yards passing. <laughs> it wasn't like if Kyler was out there cooking. It was their defense getting two pick sixes. Yep. That's, that's what broke the game. 
It was back-to-back pick sixes and drives. You get that going, and all of a sudden, I mean, the game's kind of out of control, and, and that's not necessarily a, a shot at Kyler because they were maybe dialing it back a little bit and just getting out of there with a win. But then you just kind of look at maybe some of the dysfunction with the contract stuff and obviously the back and forth between Kingsbury last night. But you look at Seattle, the vibes are good, man. Mm-hmm. It's all good vibes everywhere you look, you know? And that's – I didn't expect to see that. I, I didn't either. I, I It is it, – it, if you're a Seahawks fan, man, you got to feel really good about this rookie class. John Schneider and Pete Carroll kind of going back to what they used to do mm-hmm. and finding those diamonds in the rough. Get those guys they, on the edges. They found four of them and – Four to draft. Hell, I mean, really, I mean, you can, you can probably put, and it's not really a steal, but you can put Walker in there, too. No, I did. Yeah, Kenneth, uh, Kenneth okay, Walker, that, that's you two tackles, okay. and then uh, Tariq Woolen. You and got four. And, then, and they've got their linebacker, too. Um, uh, uh, he's playing, God, I was looking at the, the next-gen stats the other day. He's playing in almost 70% of the snaps. Uh, the second-round pick. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't. I'm totally blanking on his name right now, and it is killing me. It's right on the tip of my tongue. I'm now see now, now I have to look it up while, well, we're, while we're waiting. Are you thinking of Jordan Brooks? No, nope. because he was a couple of years ago. Nope, uh, right right next to Walker. Um, Boye, Boye, yeah, Boye Mafe. Okay, he's he's playing like something like sixty eight percent of their snaps. <laughs> okay, well, so that means they hit on their first round pick, both their second round picks, their third round pick. Kobe Bryant is slotting in for them. Kobe as their uh, nickelback. And then Tariq Wool in their fifth round pick. I mean, you could say they hit on what? What was that? Two, four, six? Their first six picks? That's not too shabby. That's insane. Oh, yeah, that is insane. That is insanity what what they're doing there. Okay, 503 250 1080. That is the fan text line. Um, we got a ton that we got to get to in the world of college football. We're not done with Oregon, uh, UCLA, as we got a top 10 matchup. But coming up next, taking a look around the uh, Pac 12 slate. Uh, it's not the sexiest, but it'll get it done. Danny Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Got out of town. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. She was making for the trades on the outside. And the downhill run to Papa Ede. Off the wind. All right, we got a weekend in the Pac-12. I'm just calling it we have a weekend in the Pac-12. It's not the sexiest weekend out there. 
But uh, may I sell you on this weekend? Go on. We do have we do have a game where Oregon State is favored by twenty three and a half. Good lord, really? <laughs> I yes. saw that. I was like, am I looking at the right line? Is this a different, like, prop bet or something? No, because two things are at play here. One, the Beavs are good. Two, Colorado is terrible. <laughs> but they won a game. At home. They Now you have to have Colorado traveling uh, to Oregon State, and they did, they did beat Cal, and I will give the Buffs a little credit for that. But they're actually going to play a school that has an offense. And that will play offense. We talked about this at the very beginning of the show. But this game is is important because the Beavers have bull. I'll just say it. The Beavers will be bull eligible at the end of this weekend. And if you think, and I love to just think of where Jonathan Smith took that program over at and how low it was to where they are right now to... They are at the you know, just over the midway point of the season, and they are bull eligible. And then it becomes the rest of your battle is is getting that first check mark. Get the good bull. is there, and then you you jockey for position after that. And for a a program that has been left out of all these conversations of of realignment, and the TV networks are, are keep shoving them down on the Pac twelve network. I think the only time they've been on. Uh, on ESPN was their their Mountain West games, right? Um, early in the season because you had the USC game was on the Pac-12 network, um, but you had Fresno and Boise. Those games were, were on ESPN. This is a good team. This is a team that they're a bunch of fighters, man, and they can become bowl eligible before they can <laughs> think of that. They can become bowl eligible for the Ducks. They could become bowl eligible uh, before a lot of teams that they were slotted ahead of them heading yeah. into this season. No, it's, it's a little bit of a chip. And here's the other thing. Hell, see how it is. Going forward. Remember how close they were to getting JT Daniels? Uh, yeah, very well. By reports, very close. For folks that I've talked to, that it was a real thing. Like, there was a... There was a uh, it wasn't enough, but they were genuinely in the mix. Yeah, well, so was Missouri... And he ended up at West Virginia. Again, but I'm just saying. But Missouri thought that they had him. But what if you win eight games? What if you win nine? Hmm. What about next year's transfer portal? Does that bump you up when you look around the crop around you and you've got a bunch of young running backs? and you've got sure. If you are able to jockey yourself up a little bit more of a position, let's say they put themselves in a bowl game where they take on a second or third tier Big Ten team and they go out there and they beat the hell out. Does that do something for you in that transfer portal as far as landing that guy going forward? And this is where I think that the, those games will be so interesting for me, even though bowl season has been rendered meaningless. The Pac-12 has become top-heavy, and that's a great thing. That is, that is a great thing. You have teams at the top that are really stinking good. And Beavs can also become bowl eligible for Utah because they have a bye this week, and they're 5-2 and two on the air. So they they can put some notches in their belt, but if you're looking at those bowl matchups are going to be fascinating to me because the middle of the pack has got to be better, and and that's where you get those that relevance as a conference. And 
the other team that if they win, they become bowl eligible is UW Dub this year. Coming off that four and eight season where it was a debacle under Jimmy Lake, they've rectified it with Kalen DeBoer. Their defense can be dreadful at times, but their offense is one of the most potent in all of college football. And you have two teams that are in the middle of the the pack, literally the Pac-12, and with their their games this weekend, uh, UW has to go to Cal, uh, which. That one can always be a tricky one because on the road in in Berkeley is a, a tough place to play, especially you're going to have a night game. But Cal coming off a loss at Colorado, who's going to want to go and watch their putrid offense um, <laughs> in Berkeley? So you you could have a chance where both the, those two teams are saying, no, the middle of the Pac-12 is going to be good. Those bowl matchups that they're going to pull are going to be very important for the conference um, this year. But I, yeah, And then you have Stanford and Arizona let, State. Let Org- that's, let- the other, that's the other game. Think of that. This weekend is not good no. across the Pac-12 because Oregon State will and should mop the floor. Eviscerate Colorado. They should, absolutely. In that game, then you have uh, Arizona State at Stanford, two teams that are 2-4, and four, and who gives a rip about either of them right now? Although Stanford did beat Notre Dame. And now you have a, a year where the Pac-12 has great marquee wins outside of, outside of uh, conference play where... Oregon State beat Fresno State. Washington beat Michigan State. Uh, what Washington State went to Wisconsin, got a win. Stanford goes on the road to Notre Dame, gets a win, and everybody just collectively shrugs. Yeah. Those those are all not those are no longer good wins anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's how Oregon State has gotten the shaft, and it's part of being Oregon State and being in Corvallis and not being a sexy draw outside of the the, the region. They can have a little bit of revenge here if they get eight, nine wins. Should be their FU tour. It really it really should. And let's say they get, quote-unquote, shafted in a bowl because they end up taking on a very good opponent. Yeah. But then they have the opportunity to beat that opponent and maybe stick a fork in a, in a, in a season and go, yeah, what about that? F you. Mm-hmm. You didn't want us on TV, and then when, we, when, you, when you put us on TV, we surprised the world. And I think that's how they have to treat the rest of this year as they continue building that program up is that it is about this year, but it's also about the future of the program. And they get they get the buy after this. And after the buy it, it becomes Load up, baby. That's a huge that's a huge one for the Beavs. Like mm-hmm. you get a buy this late in the year and then you'll have uh, four games to finish where it's all about bowl position at that mm-hmm. point. And UW come, and Oregon you, sandwiching it. You come back with Oregon or UW and you have to go up to Seattle for that one. Mm-hmm. Then you have Cal, Arizona State, and Oregon, and you got a and ton of finish with you. Oregon at home. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So it, although it is a snoozer of a weekend, if you just look at it on the surface, there's a lot at play as both the Beavs and Huskies can become bowl eligible. Nobody really gives a rip in the world about Arizona State and uh, Stanford. <laughs> That'll be the least watched, like. Power five game in the in the, in the yeah. country this week, and then you just have a bunch a bunch of buys. You got four teams on buys this week in the in the conference, and then we ramp up for the final four weeks. Let's of the season. go, let's go, buckle up. I'm ready for it. Whee! All right, it's five zero three two five zero ten eighty. That is the fan text line uh, coming up next. It is the worst day on the web, and I don't think anybody in Rip City feels bad. Here's Rust. With Sports Center. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web. 
with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. Something you just, you hate to see it, Danny. You really hate to see it. Last night we saw on TNT as part of their doubleheader. The Clippers beat the Lakers 103-97, to dropping L.A. to 0-2 on the year. So as the Blazers are, are still on pace, what, through, through three nights in the NBA, the Blazers are still on pace for 82-0. and And the Lakers on pace for 0-82. The great part about it is they've missed more three-point shots in two-game span than any team ever in NBA history. So that's tremendous stuff. Say that again? Oh, yeah. No, the most two or three-point shots than of any team in over any two-game span in NBA history. Last uh, night they lost. They missed thirty six. Yeah, yeah. They, no, they suck. And it's 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 wonderful to bask in, mm. particularly one Russell Westbrook going over eleven from the field. You see, there was a moment on the uh, post game show where Sir Charles Barkley he he didn't even realize. Like on the night one, he said that that the Lakers had ripped the joy out of basketball from Russell Westbrook, and that he felt bad for him. Night two, boy, had that passed. I would have, I would have taken a chance because he didn't pro- believe. Because he probably not making any money. He, oh my God, Russell was 0 for 11. Yes, he was. Second worst shooting night without a bucket. He Damn. Once had an 0 for 13 game, but he was 0 for 11. Did have five steals in the game, but uh, the Clippers get out of the gate with a win. The Lakers start the season. Damn. Oh, Ooh, that's ugly. And two. 0 for 11. 0 for 11. Yeah, that's amazing. There ain't no mishap. It's not. No, he was 0 for 11, 0 for 6 from 3. And look, where this comes in as the worst day on the web is that he was getting dragged on social media. But this is nothing new. The Blazers literally did not guard him for a season or for an entire series. And And this was years ago. And that's that's the reason why they won is they just stopped guarding him and said, shoot, fine, shoot. And... There's an element of it that, like, with Russell Westbrook, uh, I do feel bad at times because it's like, man, uh, you are a professional athlete, and this is going so far sideways that he had two points, and they were from the free throw line. And there were tweets going out from, you know, people that cover both the Lakers and the Clippers saying that there were audible gasps from the crowd when Russell Westbrook was shooting three-pointers, wide-open three-pointers, and the entire crowd was gasping and going, <gasps> and there entire sections that were going, no, when he shot. Like, that's the treatment I got in high school. Like, that's not what <laughs> Russell Westbrook should be getting. <laughs> I mean, he this is this has been tremendous content that's been building for a while. And it's I don't like to see his downfall, but his his stubbornness, in refusal to change, has mirrored Carmelo Anthony's or, or improve it, improve, improve. Yeah, and yeah. It, and it, it's these guys who like you admire them for getting there the way that they, because they were so successful for so long doing what they did. And they, why would you change? Mm-hmm. The Tigers not going to change your stripes when you're a Hall of Famer. Because that's the thing is, Russ is a Hall of Famer. Don't don't get it twisted. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And that's the sad like that is the sad part for me where it's like, dude, rare is the guy that is like Vince Carter or Rudy Gay. Who, Grant Hill. Grant Hill, who Derrick Rose, who changes their game. Mm-hmm. It's Number one, it's not easy. 
physically it's not easy to change your game. Mentally, it's not easy to change your game. No. The second part is the mental aspect of acceptance that you are washed. That and you can you can see he does not believe it. But you are never going to get that from a person wired like Russell Westbrook no. because what the the way that he is wired and I, I commend him for this and this is part of, of his game I've always loved and respected out of him is he is irrational. He he has this irrational confidence in himself and that's that's where he got the to where he is and why he was so good for such a long stretch, but. There, you do have to have this acceptance of, uh-oh, the world around me is changing, and either I get left behind or or I make a, a drastic change in the way that I play the game, and he hasn't done it, and he has an inability to do so. And that, man, being with the Lakers now, in Oklahoma City it wouldn't be nearly as harsh, and the 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 climate would be a lot different if he was in OKC. But he's not. He's in L.A., and he's getting paid a lot of money to be a, a what he is, which is an ineffective shooter. And it, this is going to get this is going to turn very ugly oh, for the Lakers very quickly. The Stockholm syndrome is real, too, because I was watching it happen in real time last night with Laker fans. He's 0 for 11. He's got, I think, four turnovers. He was just a dumpster fire. But he had a couple of steals. Like, yeah, but he got that dog at him defensively. And I'm like, Mm-mm. he should not be on the floor. Mm-mm. He is not. There's now been video clips that have surfaced. Uh, I didn't get to see it in pregame, uh, but Stephanie Reddy was was doing a hit for TNT pregame, and Russ is in the background shooting free throws, warming up, and it's brick after brick after brick after brick. I mean, it's like seven in a row. Is that where he got that nickname? Yeah, Westbrick. Don't, don't call him yeah. Westbrick. <laughs> don't but that's the, you dare. And that's the other thing Westbrook. is like and 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 there was a there was a clip last year, and, and fans should not do. This. Who like one guy was like you sucked da, 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 and then Russ came yeah. back up to him and he backed down. Yeah, don't, but don't but last night it happened again. A fan was he was going through the tunnels. You bleeping suck. Russ doubled back to him and said, "Say it to my face." Except guess what happened this time? The guy didn't back down. The guy didn't back down. He went, "You bleeping suck." Ooh. And Russ kind of looked at him and then, then just kind of sulked away. Yeah. Like you, nobody, nobody's a yeah. No, you. That sucks. Like and, uh, fans should not do. They that. should not do that. But that kind of shows you, maybe where mentally, emotionally, not only where the fan base is at, but where Russ is at. Like mm. maybe it hit last night for him. Like, am I am I cooked? Well, and this is the problem: is that if he's having that realization, and you're seeing the shooting in, in pregame, even I mean, this goes back to uh, Ben Simmons. Remember the the outdoor practice at Rooker Park. Where he airballed horrifically, you know, a little twelve foot bunny with his teammates around, and every, you know, he even made light of it and said yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Did you see him the other night on on opening night for them. Mm-hmm. He had an he had one of those Westbrook games. Uh, those like atrocious it, ones. It yeah. was awful. He was two, he was actually two of three from the field, but he just stopped shooting. He just stopped and he he puckered. And he went nope, and he rendered himself ineffective on both ends of the floor. And that is where the mental block maybe for Westbrook and Ben Simmons is it's affecting what they actually do well now and what they what their gift to the game can still be. You can't let that happen. I I, I don't like Russ, but I genuinely hope he figures it out because so many people love him and his his passion. And I, I said this the other day. 
I wish we had more passion guys. When you're talking about Josh Hart, mm. I wish we had more passion guys in the NBA. But it's hard to be – you can't be a passion guy and suck. No. You can't. I mean, otherwise you're Pat Bev. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reality of it all. But there was a little bit of a side eye that got tossed in there by, uh, by Kawhi Leonard last night post-game because Russell Westbrook said he was having trouble coming off the bench, and that's why his hamstring got jacked. That's why his back got jacked up. It's something he's never done before. Kawhi Leonard, who hasn't done that either, said uh, about his bench minutes, um, I'm just going to try to play the best I can in the minutes I have. Text 503-250-1080. Bad year for the Russes, huh? Yep. Who's, who's having a worse year? Who, Wilson wait, and Westbrook. Which Russ? Screw it. I'm putting the poll up. Okay. Um, well... The, the danger witch got pulled from the subway menu. Broncos orange, let's ride. There's that. Ooh. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Russ Wilson. Russ Wilson still having a worse year than Russ Westbrook because of the fact that it, it's not that we we kind of saw this coming with both of them and, and the decline in their game. And they both have the reluctancy to change, and they both want to be featured more, even though that every signal is telling us no. And they're but, both getting more money than God. But th- this is where it's different with Russ Wilson, is that he just got an extension this year. <laughs> and that will be worse for him long term, because there's no way that ends well. And for Westbrook, he's probably going to be dealt, and it's going to be part of some deal, or he will just slink off and he'll go away. And it'll be forgotten for for Russell Wilson. It's not going to be forgotten because they can't get rid of him. They can't do that. Well, that's the thing is right now the Lakers could, but it would cost them two first round picks. Two first round picks to get off that deal. Why does it cost them first round picks? To, because they're going to have to sweeten the pot that much. Yes, it's forty seven million dollars. <laughs> Oh man! And so they're, well, they're, they were, they're saying that they they could get two, off him for one, but if they want to bring back something of value, it's going to cost them two. Two. Get off him for one. Just cut your losses at that point because you've already you've already made your bed with sending all your draft picks. <laughs> Send it back to OKC for one draft pick. How hilarious would that be? If you get one draft pick back, but you have to send one draft pick to OKC, but they're they're willing to absorb Russell Westbrook for you, and you end up giving even more draft capital away, and they get Russ back. <laughs> that would be it's been discussed. That would be the cherry on top of Sam Presti's just uh, the boomerang. Yeah. his hoarding of of draft capital. He, he sent Westbrook Russ out, got Chris Paul for it. That's the thing is he would have double dipped on Russell Westbrook because he got Chris Paul, yes. and then they sent Chris Paul to Phoenix and got more assets. For and then, then you get another <laughs> asset and him back. It would be great. Oh God, tremendous content. Yeah, tremendous. Oh, all right, five zero three two five zero ten eighty, and go vote on. At whoop, whoop, let me restart that again. Go vote on Twitter yeah. at Danny and Dusty. Uh, which Russ is having a worse year, Wilson or Westbrook? Um, and two names that are have caught me so many times. I can't tell you how many times I've done a Russell Wilson and a Russell Westbrook. <laughs> it's, it's you're, okay. not, you're not alone. You could be like me, and you could have double clicked Wilson and with two L's in the poll. Oh, all right, big dummy. Isn't the <laughs> Jazz? Yeah, exactly. That's what I just did, but with my fingers. Okay. All right. Uh, 
We got some audio coming up next. Uh, Robbie Williams doesn't always go as swimmingly as Ro- or Robbie Williams. Robbie Anderson got on I'm his way out of that. town from the Carolina Panthers. You have to know your value next on the fan. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Jeff Ruff, can you do something for me really quick? Perhaps. Right now, will you just say, why, hello, I've been waiting for you. Why, hello, I've been waiting for you. This is how I imagine, <laughs> how I imagine, you know, Frisky Friday gets going at the Rust House. <laughs> oh, the careless, old... careless whispers <laughs> playing. That's not careless whisper. Or, uh, That's Baker Street. Baker Street, sorry. Baker Street's playing, and you're going, why, hello. I've been waiting for you. Sitting around in my silk robe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't understand the whole silk robe. I understand how it looks. Yeah, have you felt it? It's luxurious. It, it, it's it's luxury. When you get the fold, though, it little, damn near cuts you. Mm. Wait, what? Huh? I, I, go with the, I go with the cotton. Tr- trust me. Wait, What? Just trust me. Wait, on this. what did you say? It'll, it'll damn near cut you. Yeah. You, 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 listen, if you have no idea you, what, what you're are you doing in a silk robe, I, I, again, <laughs> have you ever like sat? You, have you ever been in a silk robe? You know you're off? not. You know you're not supposed to do karate in it, right? I'm just saying. I've rolled over on the couch a couple times, and like it got taut and pulled and yanked a little bit as it got kind of stuck underneath me, and didn't feel good. Going to mark that one. <laughs> When, when I went for the Egyptian cotton, the the, the Turkish uh-huh. fluffy robe. Uh huh. But yeah, <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. Okay. Okay. Um, what? You never been cut by silk? Quite literally, no. Never in my life. <laughs> never have I ever. Want to play that game? Because that's it. Haven't guess, done it. Guess I'm drinking. All right. Robert Sala addressed Elijah Moore, wide receiver from the New York Jets, who I only know Elijah Moore from the man who ended the Egg Bowl by lifting his leg in the end zone. As in, uh, He got on all fours after scoring a game-winning touchdown against uh, Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl when he was playing for Ole Miss, and he lifted his leg and got a 15-yard penalty. Got the old fire hydrant. Yeah, and uh, it's, one, <laughs> it's one of the all-time pictures. Um, of Elijah Moore, but he apparently he's a disgruntled receiver for the New York Jets, and he said, I'm demanding a trade. I want to be traded. Similar to what Robbie Anderson did with the Carolina Panthers just a week ago. Well, Robert Sala, he had a different tune when he addressed the media today. Um, yeah, it's uh, part, part of what we deal with every day. Um, you know, we've, we've had our discussions with Elijah um, trading him is not an option, and uh, we'll just continue working with him. What is his status for this week? Uh, Elijah will not play this week. Um, he's uh, he is in the building. He is he is uh, excused from meetings, but he's going through a workout and regen regimen over the next three days, and he'll rejoin the team on Monday. I wonder if that regen regimen is like mm-hmm. you know brainwashing, mm. <laughs> reeducation centers. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, he's sitting there like, I just saw Robbie do it. It worked for him. 
And Robert Sala goes, mm, yeah, we're not Carolina. We're not Carolina. We're not dysfunctional. Yeah. Shut up, sit down, and hop in, bud. He's like, wait, I thought this is the Jets. He's like, those, we're the new Jets. Yeah. <laughs> those are the old Jets. We are not doing Jet things anymore. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love a, a franchise saying. That's what there was? No. And it, what, what they can do is they can say, if you don't want to be here, you can request a trade all you want. And we'll try to shop a deal. But if it doesn't meet what we want to do, oh, there's no reason for us to burn an asset. Then you can go ahead and you can do your workouts. We're not going to bring you with the team. We're not going to let you divide us and rip us apart because, believe it or not, the New York Jets are playing good football. They are 4-2, and two, mm-hmm. and they will go on the road for a big game against Denver because Denver is trying to right the ship, and they're not playing nearly as bad as they have. They still have a big coach issue. And, and a quarterback issue. Yeah, but it's not like the Jets are this invincible force no. coming in. It, that, I think that'll be a close game. Vegas thinks it'll be a close game. Probably. It's even right now. Yeah. Um, but we don't need that distraction heading heading into Denver. So, sorry, we're not going to trade you. If you want to be disgruntled, we won't pay you either yeah. because you can go ahead and we'll call this contract detrimental to the team. You request a trade. You don't want to be here. We don't have to pay you. And on top of it, they're to the point now where, like, we've got our S together. Mm-hmm. So as an organization, we're not going to stand for this. Like, because there's, 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 there's trade requests that happen behind the scenes all the time. Yeah. All the time. And you know what ends up happening more often than not? They smooth them out. Yeah. Or they, they get a deal done. And this is. But, but hold on. Real quick. Yeah, okay. I, I want to say this. Yeah. The, this is where the Jets flip the lever from dysfunctional to functional. And part of that is they look him square in the eye and go, no, and beyond that, if you want to do this, you can sit here and not only tank your trade value, you can tank your free agent value because you're not going to get on the field and you're not going to show because you've been crappy this season. Mm-hmm. You haven't been good. Do you want the opportunity? Listen, do you want to get out of here? Well, I think you only signed a two-year deal. It was a short deal. No idea. Regardless, do you want to get out on the field and improve your value and show that you're not washed? Yeah, no, that- I don't think that's good. Well, he's, uh, he's a – no, he's got – he was second-round pick – um, so this is only his second year, so he's got another year at least on his deal. I was, was going to say, I shouldn't say signed two year, but it was short yeah. time remaining before his deal was up. But it's, that's my point is, do you want to show that you're, that you're you know, up to your next contract? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to hurt your value as a trade piece and hurt your free agent value? Well, and you, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to request a trade. <laughs> Look, there's a sliding scale. And Robbie Anderson, for all of the you know, craziness that he had is. Yeah, that is even debatable, but it's way more valuable than Elijah Moore right now and all 200 yards receiving this season. And I, I hate it when this happens because it, it was the first game that he hadn't been targeted was last week. And you get no targets. You start, you, you see that the writing is on the wall as everybody else around you is elevating their game. And what this guy's choice is, is to just shut it down instead of, you know, buckling up and working a little bit harder. And that, I think, is the, what Robert Sala is saying is like, man, no, we're not going to play this game with you. Adios, amigo. And that doesn't mean a trade. That means we'll leave you in New York while we go to Denver and play a football game. The only downside here is he's being left in New York. This is where you kind of wish guys like this are being left in a well, maybe more of a bummer city. Well, maybe we can call it New Jersey then because ah. that's where all the players live. They live in New Jersey. Even better. We'll leave you in Jersey, pal. Shout out Mike Lynch. Uh, remember, it doesn't all work out 
for the players. Anytime you because it's like the the old curmudgeons will be like, oh, all these players they just demand a trade and they get their way. Well, no. What it what usually happens is a player demands a trade and he does have some value and the team gets value in return. So they say if we get a piece that we think can be better than him, then we'll trade him. This for all those those old heads out there, you can just look at it and say they don't always get their way if you don't have any value. Fair. All right, hour number three. We get it going uh, as we dive back into Oregon and UCLA. The Ducks have dominated the trenches over the last five weeks of the season. They get the stiffest test since the Georgia Bulldogs coming to Autzen Stadium tomorrow. Danny Dusty on the fan. It got taut and pulled and yanked a little bit as it got kind of stuck underneath me and didn't feel good. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.